ladies and gentlemen, Dave Walthall in the house. Uh, if you've been following this podcast of only one so far, <laughs> you may have heard of this handsome man we spoke of last time named Dave Walthall, and he is here. What a stinking treat. Um, nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner. <laughs> photographer. Knife wielder. Knife wielder. Uh, robot maker. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty normal nurse stuff. Uh, what'd you say? Pretty normal nursing stuff, you know, I would say. Those go hand in hand. That's right. Yeah. Uh, recently uh, came to fame on the red line, <laughs> which we'll get into. <laughs> I made world star. <laughs> Did you make world star? Yeah. <laughs> the, co- the comments are fabulous. An all-around wonderful man. Come on, dance, work up the appetite. Dance in the middle of the night. Come on, dance, work up the appetite. Dance in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Appetite. Hey, Dave, do you know that you're probably the person I brag about the most? No, no. I, I sincerely I, do. I cannot imagine why, but <laughs> I like that. I'm always like, my friend Dave. <laughs> like, Then I tell a story about you. Um, you're my friend that I think of when I think of who's the happiest person I know, who who seems rich in personality and happiness and gratitude. So you're my um uh-huh. you're my uh the person I, I try to achieve when I say, Huh, what am I doing wrong? I need, I need to get that Johnny <laughs> attitude. I don't have it. <laughs> Rarely you, you sweet man. Um like actually in all honesty, like uh I think like you're one of the people who just like takes life by the balls the most that I know. <laughs> and like you always do fun stuff and you're always like doing creative things and you're always pushing yourself. So Well thanks, man. It's cool that we could just sit and talk for an hour and figure it out. Figure it out. Usually I have to pay for an hour with someone to talk about these things. Do you, these issues with <laughs> Do you have you seen a psychiatrist? Uh I had to start um last Saturday um because of the train incident. The uh the work comp lawyer uh recommended it. He said there might be some some issues that well, more than more than one person said that there might be some issues I'm dealing with, and since it's covered, since I was working, oh nice, um, the uh, company's insurance I believe is covering that. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's always good to talk to someone. You know, I've never been to formal counseling before, but uh, but it's cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. We just talk. That's so, cool. Yeah, I've always thought about like I've always thought about doing it, mm-hmm. but I've also been like I'm never going to spend the money on that. Yeah, I I think if I wasn't if I was paying the money for it, it'd be it'd be, it'd yeah. be different. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. I think it's like one hundred and fifty dollars for an hour, you know, oh which that's probably not much compared to what yeah. the expensive ones cost or psychologists or psychiatrists cost. Excuse me, because uh, they're the one that can write the prescriptions. Um, they also take like two or three months to get into, which mm-hmm. I can't imagine having like a serious bout of depression or a psychiatric incident and having to when you can barely you can barely put your shoes on and you somehow have to call and get a referral and make sure it's in your network and then wait two to three months somehow and to get to see a psychiatrist it's a crazy thing that's insane but it's a good profession to go into if you're looking to uh i mean there's got to be money there there's (laughs) There's got to be money there if you could hold clients off for two months there's got to be something there's got to be a uh, supply and demand issue do you think uh, you could ask your uh, psychiatrist or therapist mm-hmm. to do like um, hypnosis and see if you can get any memory you forgot? I've Maybe you've been wanted... like abducted by aliens and you didn't know it. Yeah. I've always wanted to try that. I just feel like I, I, it wouldn't work on me. <laughs> I'm so, my brain is so bad at relaxing that like when I close my eyes to sleep, it's like a circus. So I, <laughs> I feel like hypnosis the whole time I would be daydreaming. But I would love to try it. I would love to him to try and say I, I want to try it for my um, for my uh, speech impediment, which you may not notice right now. But I, I, I stutter really bad. I have all my life, and some days it's worse than others. It's like completely debilitating. I can't get my first name out. Um, I always wondered if stutter or if uh, uh, um, hypnosis could could fix it. Could cure that? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. would be really interesting. Be kind of a fun experiment. You should require <laughs> next time you're there. I mean, it's all it's all psychological. I mean, like. As you can hear now, and if I'm with a person and I'm feeling calm, or if I'm at home alone, I, I, you don't stutter by yourself. So it's yeah. something to do with, with, with uh, I don't know, 
other people. Uh, <laughs> Remember yeah. that time I left you out to dry? I think we were the first time we went <laughs> out to have <laughs> dinner together at your wife's restaurant. And you're like, Johnny, uh, go talk to the host. <laughs> I was like, what? You're like, go, like, go talk to the host. I'm like, I was like, no. <laughs> and then you went yeah. up and I realized because like you had like a yeah when, when you bad s- moment or you something. Stutter, for, for me, there are like certain things I can't do, like getting your name out. The simple things like. Oh, like Starbucks orders when you have to give your name? <laughs> yeah, that's that's been okay. But like I, I had a girl in high school. Um, her name was uh, Lee. And for some reason, L's are hard to say in any, anything that starts with a vowel. And, you know, I know L's not a vowel, but for some reason, Lee was hard. And she had this um, this kind of tough, drunk dad. And uh, I had to call her on like a rotary phone. And I was so scared to do it that I would have my friends do it. They would call and say, is Lee home? And he would say, yeah. And then they'd hand the phone to me. Because <laughs> of the dad? Yeah, like we, we would do this. And my, the funny thing is my my uh, my uh, my uh, my uh, dad stutters too. And so did my great-grandfather. And my dad told me when he, he had the same problem with girls. This is in the 50s. He would have a tape recorder. And he would, <laughs> this is so smart. I never thought of this. <laughs> he would press it and say, is Mary home? Hi, John, hi this is John Walthall. Is Mary home? And then hit it. That is amazing. And it, it would get him through that like block, which was what ah, stuttering is. Wow. It's like you you don't forget the word. You know what the word is, but there's a, it feels like there's a block holding it. So you're thinking a million words to try to get around it. Like any word that like might circumvent it and, and let you say it. Um, that's why Joe Biden sometimes sounds so. Um, well, he might have Alzheimer's too, but he sounds so fragmented it's a lot he's he's a stutterer oh, and um, a lot of people that. don't know that so a lot of huh. times i can notice that he's looking for a word he can't get it out and he says something that like kind of works but to a normal person it's like that's a real weird choice of words uh, <laughs> but yeah yeah anyway. this happens to me um with one word all the time it's my stutter word versimilitude <laughs> and i can only like the first word that comes to my head is the german word it's the only time it ever happens and it's um, volunteering. So if, if or like volunteerism, it's like um, Freiwilligkeit, like of your free will. And it's like that word makes more sense to me, like of your free will, Freiwilligkeit. Yeah. That like whenever I try to think about volunteering, I usually think of like the German word of your free will before I think of like I'm like oh yeah volunteering. Has it ever come out? <laughs> At, like, well, I know it's German, but I just know that's yeah. the only word. <laughs> that's my one momentarily uh, regular stutter that I have. Wait, um, say, say, so it's 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 uh, volunteering. So it's it's a peaceful, helpful thing. But say it, say it with a, an aggressive attitude. Freiwilligkeit. Yeah, see, the German. Any, anything you say aggressively just sounds. You picture a Nazi saying it, and that's no offense <laughs> to Germany, but anything said that's it's all of the anything, Nazi films we watched growing up. Yeah, any anything that's said too harsh, it just like ooh. <laughs> but no, it's actually volunteerism. But it sounds like burn the children. I don't know. I think that all the like all the stuff people watch growing up with like German accent usually was like World War Two films, and so that's yeah. like your brain immediately goes to that reference. I actually watched uh, Schindler's List for like the 20th time with my one-year-old today when he woke up. <laughs> and uh, Aaron thinks, my wife thinks that's really weird, but I don't know. It's, he doesn't, he's kind of like immobile at the time when he first wakes up, so he's got no choice. And I like this story. I don't know what it is. You know, not the... Is that a go-to for you, Schindler's List? No, it's not a go-to. It's just every now and then. I mean, 20 uh, times is quite a bit. I like World War II movies, and it's well done, you know? Oh, you... You said you didn't like. Um, oh, that's World War One. What was that? Is it? Eight, I love World War One movies. Yeah. Fourteen was it? What yeah, was I thought that film? was nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. I thought it was shit. Oh my god, I love that film. They didn't. Uh, I don't know. I like. They just. It, it was all about like the the running and sprinting, and it didn't make me care about the characters at all. There was no character development in my mind, where I just didn't care about either one of them. I just just. I think filmmakers forget that it's such an easy piece, not easy. It's such an important piece is to like, you want your audience to, to have an emotional connection with mm-hmm. it. Whereas there's another one called the, um, God, what is it? It came out, it's got Paul, Paul Bettany. Um, it came out like a year or two before where this, uh, British, uh, brigade in war, war one basically is going off on like a suicide mission, but you have like an hour of buildup where you get to know the personality of all of them. One of them's an alcoholic and one of them used to be a school teacher and, and it builds it up, and when they have to go over the trenches and get shot, you're like, "Oh, I, I, I know you're these people." Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a great yeah. movie. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for uh, 1917. Really? Yeah, which is weird. I, man, I, I was pumped to see it. Man, I loved it. We mm. also went back and watched um, Band of Brothers. Mm. 
hadn't seen that in a long time. That's World that, War II, though, right? That, yeah, that's World War II. Mm. That's great. Um, I'll check it out again. Yeah, so good. Uh, oh, I, I love the uh, Peter Jackson one, uh, When We Were Soldiers. When, yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah, an excellent that's, one. That was like, I walked out of the theater like, felt like shit after watching that, which meant it was a good film. <laughs> yeah, and the soldiers talk about, they didn't come home as heroes. That like no. That one talks about his dad laughing at him, not believing their stories, and like the chicks weren't into it. It wasn't like a cool thing. And those guys went through so much, and they were tough. Like when they when they talk about, they're just like <laughs> going over the hill, like running at bullets flying out their face. They're just like you know, it's, it's just how it is. You know, it's like that British spirit. Uh, um, they weren't doing it for likes. Dave uh, gave me uh, a very cool pair of tanker goggles. Yeah. Those were were those World War One? I? I think so. I think World War One. Yeah, the, you got them in. Uh, where'd you get them again? Um, I don't know. Somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, I'm, I'm but going they're blank. super cool. Like they're leather and there's like glass lenses. I'm a big gift giver. Aaron, You're a big gift giver. Aaron was telling me there's like love languages. Maybe I don't know if that's one of them. I think it is. You better believe it. But I, there's something really fun about I like I hate receiving gifts. I, I hate it. I get really anxious. Like on Christmas, when people hand me things, I just, I just, I would prefer, I would prefer not to get the gift than to open it. I don't know why it is. I just like don't want to like dis- oh, disappoint so them with my reaction or something. You know, that's funny. usually it's not something I want, but I don't enjoy receiving gifts unless it's unless it's something I'm really into. Like if someone was giving me like a like a camera, then I'm sure I, I could, I could, uh, I could uh, get excited about that. You're afraid. You're afraid your reaction is going to let them down. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I've never got too deep with it. Um, if you're only listening, this is a robot Dave made for me. And uh, it has one leg shorter than the other one because my left leg is shorter than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> it lights up. And when you twist the lever, it plays Christmas music. Yeah, Johnny is a Christmas maniac. So it's the only fitting. I went through a robot phase. I miss that face. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I have two. Uh, I have two babies now, and it's it's. Uh, they've sucked all the creativity out of me. I, I I no longer make robots. I no longer ride my bike much. I don't take photo- uh. do much picture taking. But I'm I'm working on 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 finding a way to get through that. I I have a, I have a plan, but unfortunately, I'm not. It's not like the uh, journey's a destination plan. It's the journey's uh, the grind and the plan. Hopefully, will work. We'll see. Do you think? Uh, do you think? What age do you think they need to get to for you to feel like <laughs> you're gonna regain a little time to do hobbies, or they can do hobbies with you? Yeah, I think pretty soon. I think um, you know, we'll be able to start fishing in a few years. I think they get them excited. Like I, I want to avoid them being just like computer kids, you know. So I think and city kids. I want them to have the best of both worlds. So I think like teaching them about a certain type of fish, like a blue catfish, and this is the gear you need for it. And we watch videos on it. And then we take a trip down to St. Louis and go on like a guided blue tour, blue catfish tour, like things like that, you know, take them on like adventures, you know, try to yeah. try to get them pumped, you know, not not to force them into my hobbies, but yeah, kind of force them into my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> but it probably will like, they'll, like the exact opposite mm. things. Yeah, they're probably big basketball fans or something. I will say, uh, Dave, you're one of the most adventurous people I know, and you always find a way to like make things super fun. Um, one of my favorite stories is when you and Aaron were in uh, Paris. You guys went purposely and got baguettes, <laughs> and you let them get stale all day so that you could have a sword fight in front of uh, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, like that's I've... a fun idea. What a, you're going to be a fun dad. I've got a really a really fun wife to do that with. I think a lot of a lot of wives in their thirties would would question my sanity if I challenged them to a baguette fight. But Aaron was like, you're going to get your ass kicked. You know, she's, uh, yeah. she's, she's down to play. She's, it's <laughs> like dating a 13 year old for, for life, for good and bad. It's hard arguing with a 13 year old, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun playing baguette fight. No, she's awesome. Um, speaking of thirties, uh, I feel like everybody needs a Dave Walthall in their life mm. to pull them aside mm. and give them a, Going into your 30s talk. Did I do that to you? You did that to me. It was great. Oh, and now I'm, I'm doing it for other people. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron told me I shouldn't do this. <laughs> Don't listen to her. It's great. Everybody needs one. Um, you said, uh, hey, 
30s are going to be great. You have a little bit more money than you normally would when you're in your like early 20s. You know who you are more, so you don't put up with shit you don't want to put up with. Mm. Um, and you're still in like good health and like can go do physical things and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I think... I didn't have any siblings, so I had to learn everything the hard way. I had no older brother to, like, you know, show me the ropes. I had had to fuck everything up so many times. Can we say fuck here? We can say fuck. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, no, I think I think passing on knowledge to, like, you know, younger people is such an important thing. A lot of times people don't want to hear it, so I try to, I try to keep it limited, but there's been a few things where I can remember when people pulled me aside in high school and, like... Uh-huh. Um, I remember I went on like a high school tour group to Europe and the uh, the uh, the tour guide pulled me aside. He's like, David, what are you doing in central Illinois? You need to be here with me. And I was like, hmm. oh, wow. But I, re- I, remember, I just remember that sticking with me and being like, all right, I'm supposed to be having adventures, you know, like. That's awesome. You know, looking looking for the right person, giving them the right limited amount of advice. Maybe you'll change their life, you know, maybe. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. I think like, um, I think there's not enough of that. Like having like mentors to like give you advice and pull you aside, and mm. um, definitely, I had a couple growing up, and it's like those people. Like, I think I think you need someone like that. That's not your parent, you know. Yeah, I've never had one. I I would love to have one. I I still I'm on like Twitter every day for like finance and Bitcoin stuff, and I still want one of these like you know, successful guys to reach out, not to like give me money, but just to be like, just to like kind of just, I just want to pick his brain. I want, I want to like, yeah. I, I would love to just have like an older brother, older uncle type person to just walk me through some of that stuff. You know, this is a plug. If you are, if you fit that demographic, yeah. Uh, look up Dave Walthall. Yeah. Yeah. We should start some kind of dating site for, uh, for mentors, for mentors. <laughs> You can choose how you pay. <laughs> it would turn. It would get taken over by gay yeah, men real quick. Yeah, it would be <laughs> tough. It would be like a, an Epstein situation. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm so glad let, you remember that. Let's uh, let's get into. It. Let's talk about your your fame, your unwanted fame that just have reason because Aaron was here and she was talking about it. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, so I am, I'm now a hospice and palliative nurse practitioner. Um, I used to be a critical care, I uh, worked in ICUs. Um, I, I, I loved that for the time. Um, it was amazing, you know, it's just blood and guts and you have to know so much. Uh, but at a certain point, I got, I got really, 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 really burnt out. Um, and uh, I was always really good with the patients that were dying, Um you know, in terms of giving them med until comfortable and being with the families and hospice just sounded important to me. It wasn't saving lives, but it was, uh, it just seemed important. And I, and I, I wasn't shocked with death and I, uh, I don't know, it just felt right. Yeah. So yeah, I got, I got into, um, hospice nursing and I would say 70 to 80% of our patients are on the South side of Chicago, a lot of Medicare. So, you know, I didn't know about the South side of Chicago until I started the job. I just knew it was this big dangerous area and now it feels like home um you know um i feel comfortable down there mostly not as much recently but yeah like uh, three fridays ago today i was on the train in between patients uh you know have my stethoscope on i, I wear that and that's not, like your shield right like your yeah. badge of like hey i'm here to help and yeah <laughs> all these nurses were chiming in on these like videos like why well, wear your stethoscope on the train well it's like a vip pass if you're walking through inglewood yeah uh you want to be shouting i'm a medical person i'm not buying drugs i don't, I don't have anything to steal i'm trying to help grandma yeah. um so yeah i was sitting on the train playing music you know probably looking tough, but probably playing Madonna or something on Friday. <laughs> and out of nowhere, this guy that was quite a bit bigger than me was just screaming in my face and spitting about, you know, fucking healthcare worker, COVID. And it, it was shocking because I've, I've planned for those events. I've had four years of sitting there. Like, you know, I, I do, um, I, I do like combatives. So I, I, you know, I, pra- I know a little bit, a thing or two about, you know, protecting yourself and, it, it all, you think you have a plan until the plan is screaming at your face, you know, and then it's just, it's, yeah. it's very crazy. But I tried for two minutes to like keep my hands up, say, please stop, please back away, please back away. And then the guy eventually was trying to 
steal my bag. He was just, I think he was probably just trying to strong arm me because I was the only white guy on the train. Um, I didn't, I've, I've never felt anything racist down there. No one's ever messed with me. And on the train, I didn't feel any racism. This guy, I just, I just feel he probably thought hmm. white guy glasses sitting alone. Maybe he's an easy target hmm. or he could have been off his meds. I don't know. But, um, at some point I had to defend myself and we got into a fight and thank goodness there was an awesome lady uh, named Catrice who she and I are now uh, best buds. Um, <laughs> she filmed the whole thing and yeah, you know, I got some good, uh, good knee strikes in good headbutt in. I didn't get hurt um, from him, but mm. from trying to throw him down to the ground, him being heavier, I re injured uh, uh, my spine where I had, I've had surgery a few uh, twice in the last 10 years. And, I haven't go to PT for that, and um, let me know if I'm rambling too much. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just listening. Yeah, yeah. intently. So yeah, the first couple of days, I thought it was cool to post to post it because I wanted my healthcare friends to see what's going on, mm-hmm. and all these healthcare workers started once it started going viral, started writing me and telling me, um, you know, we were we were heroes three months ago, and now we're getting spit on. Um, we're getting like at gas stations, I'm getting harassed, Why? and um, I don't understand the logic there. I think the country's so divided and some people really believe that it's a hoax and they think like nurses and doctors are fabricating numbers maybe. Some people think that anytime they see a nurse on a train wearing scrubs, that means that they've been like wrestling with COVID patients all night and now they're covered in COVID, which is not the case. When a nurse in general works with COVID patients, the hospital provides scrubs there. So you wear your scrubs or whatever to work, then you put on your space suit, you know, so. And this guy was saying stuff to you about nursing right yeah 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 that and then it turned into like respect and it was it was just very sudden and violent and there was it became clear he wasn't going anywhere so um you know looking back i wish i would have done a few things differently but you know i think i showed some restraint and also uh i don't think he'll be doing that again and they um they identified him uh friday and I had to ID him and I, I wasn't sure about pressing charges because I thought maybe this is a schizophrenic guy without meds. Maybe, maybe, you know, this is just a rare thing, but yeah, yeah. he had a long record of, uh, of hurting people. So he's not a good guy. And the, uh, uh, the camera lady, she, um, Catrice went in yesterday and, um, she ID'd him as well. Mm-hmm. So now the process is to bring him in and hopefully get him off. And I'm still riding the red line every day and just having to look around a lot more, which is no big deal. I'm not scared. It's just, you know, a pain in the ass, you know? Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm I, glad, I'm glad that it didn't end worse. Yeah. I was surrounded by a lot of people, but everyone was, was cool for the most part. And people kept him away from me as I was trying to get off the train and um, the only problem was with with my back. I uh, have to go to physical therapy now three times a week, and um, talking to the psychologist about things. And uh, yeah, it was it was wild. But you know, I wish it wouldn't have happened. But I guess it's good in terms of everyone needs to know how well they protect themselves. I, I do a lot of I work out every day. I do a lot of cardio, and I was shocked at how tired I was within two minutes. So oh, yeah. I think it's important that if you do do any of that kind of stuff, you practice self-defense. Like It's like a, when you're fighting, it's like a sprint. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I just I, remember that from like when I wrestled for a few years. Yeah, like, I, I can't believe these UFC fighters going this long that it's hard. It's like you're sprinting it's, the it's, entire time. It's incredible, yeah. I yeah. Could, um, so yeah. Um, but, you know, everything's good. It could have turned out better. It, it went viral. It went, uh, you know, went to the news here in Chicago and then it spread, uh, to Fox news. Um, and then it spread to world star, uh, spread to daily mail. And my friends from England wrote me about it, which was crazy. And, um, at that point I was just hoping that I would fade away. I, I really, I switched my tactics of wanting to show people. Now I just want to, I just want to disappear because I got on the train last week and I was like a celebrity. Like I, I was just quiet, quietly trying to go to work at eight o'clock in the morning, and a guy brought me over an ice house beer. <laughs> Another guy walked by me and fist bumped me and goes, "Last time I saw you, you was whooping some ass." And uh, I saw a girl sneak a picture of me, just weird things like that. And then I went to a GNC up here on the north side. And I swear to God, this guy goes, "Have you ever seen that nurse on the train fight?" I was like, "Yeah, that was me." It's like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm writing my sociology paper on that." I, I, yeah, about how how the the um, sent, um, sentiment has changed towards, towards healthcare yeah. workers, but th- that was just a really weird week. So I uh, I'm going on a break with uh, two of my best friends in a couple days. Here we're gonna go uh, on a camping trip in Wisconsin, and Johnny's one of those. So I cannot wait to get out of the city and just kind of put this stuff behind me and 
um, you know, yeah. move forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, sure. that that's that. You could always that's that. You, you can Google uh, nurse fighting on red line or nurse fighting on train yeah. Chicago, and it's, it's there. Um, well, you know Matt. Uh, well, Matt's had like a couple things happen on the train now. Yeah, one was the time that he was busking, you know, downtown, and uh, someone ripped his cello out of his arms. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and like a whole bunch of people chased that guy onto the train and like <laughs> fought him and took the cello back. Uh, and then he was he was headed over to go play at O'Hare mm. uh, two weeks ago. And like a guy followed him from uh, car to car. And he had like a knife like sticking out of his waistband and had like a teardrop tattoo. That's crazy. Eesh. Chicago, it's, it's easy to live here and not see the violence, but... I mean, shit, it's getting serious. I, I don't, I, I do not understand why we don't have. If the cops can't do it, why don't we have some national guard at every single L stop in the city? Should be safe. There should be. We should have a place to get to. Whether you're on the south side, the west side, every everywhere, you make it to the station. It's safe zone. Yeah, and that's not how it is. I mean, I'm I'm on the red line every day, and I hardly ever see a cop. Um, you're, and you're vulnerable too if you're like it's only like right now during COVID and there's not very many people on the train. Yeah, like you're mm. a lot more vulnerable. I think that's what I you know I was saying to Matt. I was like, you know, maybe when people start commuting more, <laughs> like you, you will we'll take see. the CTA more again. But yeah, that's one one thing about COVID I'm gonna miss is this. Uh, my my commute is so nice. I ride the Brown Line instead of having to. I used to have to let Brown Lines pass me. They were so full. Now I get on the brown line and there'll be three people on there. The red line's still pretty packed with a lot of crazies. Um, I'd rather be on a packed train, though, than like on a train alone and get like jumped. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I just wouldn't want to get jumped. So I definitely have always carried a knife with me, but that's for that's not for a fight. That's for if, you know, two or three people jump on you, someone with a weapon, someone with a, a knife. Like the fight I was in, I never would have. I didn't think twice about pulling it out. But yeah, you have to have something to protect yourself. I think mace, mace would be great. The only problem is you would you would blow out the whole train car. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everybody's going yeah. down. Every, everybody's going taking everybody Sorry, with guys. you. Nobody's going to be able to do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, the crime the crime here never never bothered me. Like I I saw a guy at work get shot last fall. Um, I was going to see a oh, patient right. um, at 74th in exchange or 75th in exchange at the liquor store there by the train tracks. And as soon as I got out of the Uber, I heard pop, 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 pop. And I heard all the screaming over at the, um, over at the, <clears throat> at the uh, liquor store. So I, I, I walked over there and um, I still had my uh, trauma shears from the ICU on me. And uh, this 23 year old kid, he got really lucky. He got shot in the forearm and I cut his sweatshirt off and held pressure and, it was an in and out wound and held it until the the cops came very fast, which is shocking. Um, you know, they, they, I'm, not, I'm not sure if everybody in Chicago knows it, but they have those in the middle of some of the streets down there. They have those gunfire detectors. It's like a what? it's like a round space age looking device, what? and it can tell you like what block the gunshot came from. The Holy cops cow. the cops zip to that spot, and uh, actually the guy that which is absurd that there's enough like shootings down there that there have those set up to just be automated to send the cops yeah i mean and it's just not doing enough uh but the in by the way speaking of technology the guy that um they caught um for me they caught him with facial recognition completely no one knew who he was and they caught him all through technology um, and that's also uh, big brother right there big brother big brother but you know in a good sense i guess in, the, in this particular instance yeah. it's good yeah um yeah, that's creepy though. Yeah, it's very creepy. Um. Oh, happy stuff. Happy stuff. I'm excited for this bike ride. I feel like uh, one thing uh, about Mr. Adventure over here is Dave has done a bike trip nearly across the entire U.S. Mm-hmm. from uh, Chicago to Portland, right? Yeah, that yeah. was two years ago now, right? Three, three, three summers ago. Yeah, that was um that was when I was wrapping up in the ICU and I was I was so 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 burnt out. I uh I would almost call it to the point of being dangerous. I I just I was so burnt out that I don't think I put patients at risk, but I I was not my best self. It it, it just it just really weighs on you working nights and uh you know, I was drinking coffee from 6 uh 6 
uh, probably five in the afternoon until seven in the morning. You go home and try to sleep and you've got limited time to sleep. And as soon as I close my eyes, all the bells and whistles and alarms are going off. And you you got to take a Xanax to sleep. And, you know, it's just like you're on this like Elvis cycle, these uppers and downers. And um, hmm. but yeah, uh, so I got burned out on that. I was in the middle of grad school. I told I was engaged to my wife. And I told her, her family, and my parents that I was putting everything on pause and I was riding my bike to Portland. And everybody thought I was crazy, but my wife stuck stuck by me and um, ended up being one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life. Um, my buddy Evan went with me for the first two weeks up to uh, uh, Fargo. Yeah, I kind of forget Fargo. And he turned back, and then I rode the rest of the way out to... Um, Did he bike back? No, he, he rented a car. Week, yeah. week, week. But <laughs> yeah, but it it was it was it was beautiful. I had um everything I needed on on my bike, and I pulled a little trailer, and you know my my schedule was pretty laid back. It was just make it to the next town, and I had just that freedom of nothing to do, no worries, no no, just nothing but me and my bike. And I I had I had enough tires to fix it. I had enough food, and and uh, I had music that I would play from the moment I started to the moment I ended, and it was just uh. It was a level of freedom I, I know I'll never get again, and I highly advise it if you can make it work, but uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, if you were going to be able to do another trip like that again, mm-hmm. uh, what would be like the next location? Uh, Evan and I talked about circumnavigating um, Greenland. Oh, Greenland. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think it's doable. There's a, there's a, there's a road that goes around it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of going all the way around someone. Going all around the um, the uh, UK sounds awesome. Yeah. I have to hold off, though. You know, it's so dangerous. I mean, we had so many, like, not people on purpose, but you would have, like, an old lady in a Buick flying by, and her mirror would, would basically touch touch your side bags, and she'd keep going and go off the road, and, and you could tell she just never saw you. It wasn't that she aimed for you. She just... <laughs> Yeah, now that I have two little boys, yeah. um, you know, I'll either have to drastically step up my health insurance or my life insurance or uh, just hold off for a few years um, and do the, do these small trips that we're doing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would be more inclined to do a trip, like a long-distance trip, if I knew it was like on like gravel roads or like mm. single track or something and take an adventure bike or like a mountain bike. I. I being like on those interstates mm. and just having like trucks whip by you. Also, Dave's been run over. <laughs> Dave's been run over by a truck. I shouldn't be laughing, but he was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it was a. <laughs> it was like a full like semi truck, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, my mom also ran me over when I was a kid and I fell out of the car. I've had. I've had a few. A few Your mom ran you over. She did. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that story. Mm. This man is indestructible. <laughs> he's been run over by a semi, and his mom ran him over, and he's still here. Yeah. I I don't know why. I feel like I'm a magnet for strange things. A lot of that may have had to do with my you know, my, my heavy drinking in my early days, which um, I've been sober uh, from alcohol since 2014. and uh, But no, I still have a lot of weird stories since then, so maybe it's just... I think you just, just live life hard. <laughs> maybe that might be... You the, just attack it real hard. <laughs> Yeah, your your positive spin on it makes me feel great. When I'm laying at home my, by myself, I, my my inner monologue is is not as positive. It's like, you know, uh, so tell the story of the time uh, uh, you got doored, right? Yeah, that was that was weird. That was a beautiful sunny spring day in you know a couple two years ago, and um, I was riding down Halstead, south on Halstead, right past Armitage, right by right by Summerhouse. And everyone was outside having their mimosas and <laughs> mimosas and brunch, and this lady was parked uh, into the bike lane, and I was riding pretty far left. You know, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a cocky biker. I stop. I I I, you know, I, I follow directions and things. And uh, she just kicked her car door open, All and there the was open. yeah, and I was I was I was flying. There was yeah. no chance to even brake. I hit it. The bike just stopped. Did you like? How far left in that? Like, how far were you from the car? Do you think her car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was pretty far away, which is which is so what almost got, got me. You. Which is what almost got me killed. Yeah, because yeah. I I flipped straight over the door, and my bike went a little bit left, and 
right there happened to be mm. a big dually truck that was hauling scrap metal. And my bike was a big steel touring bike and it, it canoed that bike. I mean, it just crumpled it. And you know, my, my leg was there, but my leg didn't get injured. I think the bike like took the, took the brunt somehow protected your leg yeah like if my head would have landed like half a foot it would have just exploded on all the mimosa drinking (laughs) (laughs) not a bad way to go at least (laughs) but uh uh yeah that that happened oh oh, and the lady ran off and the cop caught her and she said that um she okay hold on she ran off immediately no she came over to me kind of yeah, it came over. She kind of came over to you. Well, a couple guys like it took a while. People were in shock. A couple guys helped yeah. carry me over to the side. She ran over. Did you think you were like dead? No, I was definitely in pretty heavy shock though. Yeah, she reminded me a lot of the maid in the Goonies. I don't know if you remember the oh, very I first scene when Mouth is explaining uh, everything. She's the one I who was like, "Watched it on TBS. Adios mio." She was kind of like that. <laughs> I watched it on TBS, and yeah. it was. Um, I don't think I ever caught the beginning of it. It was always like on TV when I watched it. <laughs> I can't believe you say that about the Goonies. Well, we can <laughs> still saw it. we can still say Friends. Uh, that's my favorite movie of all time, and it, it, it right it, after it, Schindler's it hurts, List. Hurt. Yeah, exactly. Schindler's. <laughs> um, that's my that's my makeup movie. Um, uh, yeah, she told uh, she told the cop who finally found her. That she had an emergency and had to run to the butcher shop. Um, <laughs> she had an emergency yeah. to get the meats. Yeah, but the thing I learned is that you should keep in mind, I always thought that, okay, I get injured on my bike, I'm going to get like 80 grand because I'm injured. Especially if you're really injured. I mean, you could be paralyzed, you could have pain all of your life. Illinois has one of the lowest deductibles, I think 20000 You can get just this really shitty insurance. So if you're a renter and you have no assets, you could hurt someone and cause them pain you could take their legs off, and all your all the person at most can get is twenty thousand dollars minus the thirty percent your lawyer takes. That's it, because you can't sue her for her house. You can't. I guess you can maybe garnish her wages if she was legal. Um, there's not a lot to do. Um, and I, I could be missing something on that, but that's basically how it was explained to me. So, so it's not a golden ticket to get run over by yeah, a semi. Uh, it is. So. If you're going to get run over, um, <laughs> this is not legal advice, but a city bus, a, a McDonald's truck, oh, a large okay. corporation, yeah, those are the ones. Those um, are the ones that should be running you over. Yeah, yeah. Don't get run over by a Mexican lady in a uh, a, a paid-off late 90s Honda. Um, that is not, not what you want. That's not what you're looking for. No, no. Aim, aim for uh, a corporate wagon. I see. Mm-hmm. I've been hit twice. Mm. Both times, Fine. But I, I did have a mountain biking crash once where I momentarily thought I was paralyzed. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I just assumed I was paralyzed. <laughs> I was like flying down this hill and like um, at the bottom of the hill, there's a sand trap mm-hmm. and my front wheel just like immediately turned it in. I just went head first into the ground Ooh. and like my neck turned under and I just heard pop, pop, pop. And uh, like my jaw slammed so hard that I ended up mm. like shattering my teeth a little bit. Did your, um, did your body kind of lock up? I, dude, I just assumed my legs were, were paralyzed, and I started dragging myself through the sand, like being like, ah, uh, wow. and then I was like, oh, my legs work. <laughs> but it was like a year of neck pain after it. Oh. Neck injuries. It was scary. Neck it was very scary. Are, are horrible. I, you know, ha- having worked in the ICU, I can tell you that there's so many things worse, worse than death, and uh, neck injuries, anything locked in center, it's, it's worse than death. I had a... I had a College kid, beautiful kid from uh, ISU, just fucking around, dove in, and well, hanging out with his friends at the pool, dove in, you know, um, quadriplegic. The rest of his life, he's just going to be a head in a chair. And uh, and there's nothing you can say. I mean, I'm pretty good at finding silver linings, but I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no silver lining to that. I don't, well... Maybe someone's better at me, but yeah, neck injuries are just are, I are terrible. Imagine. I can't imagine that. It's almost better just the let rest them of your follow life being through. like, I, I wish I went to dove yeah. in a pool or pushed in a pool. Or, you know, I, I people always on my Uber drive. So I, I take Uber for um for my hospice jobs, and they're always like, oh, hospice, oh, that must be so sad. I'm like, no, 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 because usually hospice people in general are. Are, are older and they have dementia or lo- they've lived long lives. Mm-hmm. The ICU, you get fucked up stuff. Like I had a guy come in on his wedding night, oh. fell off a mechanical bull, and again, quadriplegic. So, I mean, he went from the happiest night what? of his wife 
to laying in this bed and he can't move anything but his eyes and he's just looking at you and you're just fuck you know and you what get, do you say to someone you don't. I don't. You I mean, don't. it's just the ba- the basic worthless stuff, you know. I mean, what can you say? You can't. You can't. I'm mean, just. Yeah. Oh my god. You just, there's there's nothing to say. So you 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 quickly, you quickly learn to compartmentalize things really well. So sometimes nurses see our pa- uh, families might see nurses mm-hmm. at the station like goofing off or making TikTok videos or whatever, and really that's just their way to survive because they deal with so much fucked up stuff. Um, you have to shut it off. So you look like a, like my wife thinks I'm a psychopath because if she has like a cold, her mom and dad are like, Oh my God, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, come to me when your eyes are bleeding, you know, like you you just, I don't know. You just, you have, yeah, you're, uh, you have a different threshold for what constitute. Yeah. I've turned in like Patrick Bateman. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I can on and off, you know, Hmm. Like with hospice, I, I can walk in. I can care 100%. I can yeah. cry with the families. I can, you know, grieve. I feel them. As soon as I walk out the door, I put on my headphones and I'm thinking about my girlfriend and what I'm going to do that night. Or not girlfriend, excuse me, wife. Oh, boy, Aaron. Uh, I still call her my girlfriend. No, I mean. You just got turned you into just, your girlfriend again. You just have this You just have this thing you do. It's And I think it's the only way you survive. It's either that or you you take it all to heart and you drink hard and die. I mean, yeah, it's a, do you feel like, so part of like when you were burning out in the ICU before your bike trip, um, is it just the intensity of the emotional intensity of that work place too, that like got you to like in a a place we felt burnt out? Maybe. And it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of hard jobs out there. So, but, but for me, it was, it's just, it's a very, very high stress, hard job. You, you walk in and there's already 500 tasks to do. Um, you're already late and it, it's just, it's so, so, so much work. It's so busy. And as, as a guy, you know, it's hard, it's hard on everybody's body, but I had had two back surgeries, so I had to be careful anyway. But since I was a guy in fairly decent shape, they'd always give me the 600 pounders and up like, and, um, I just realized at some point there's a, there's a shelf life on what your body can do. Oh, um, yeah. So I started graduate school and I went full time while um, while working until the very end, and uh, it was worth it. I mean, my yeah. my motivation was I don't ever want to do this shit again. I mean, it's Oof. God bless them. Nursing is amazing, uh, especially bedside nursing. But it's it's hard work. It's underappreciated and. Uh, and they take so much home and they don't talk about it. Nurses don't talk about it like cops and soldiers are allowed to have PTSD. Nurses are mostly women and they are tough on each other. And it's weird. It's like you'll have a patient. You're trying to save their life all night. You're giving them bags and bags of blood. You're fighting. You're fighting. You're doing compressions. You know, the family's screaming. It's just chaos. You're just so tired and hot, and it's 3 a.m., and all your friends are asleep, and blah, blah, blah. The person dies. The people come, clean the room. Two hours later, you got a new patient rolling in. Then the day shift shows up. They don't give a shit about your night. They just, they're tired. They want to hear about this new patient. So this patient's just been erased. It's like a conveyor belt of just chaos, and you're never allowed to talk about it. You're never allowed to decompress. Um, nurses just don't, as far, at least they didn't when I was working, they just don't talk about it. Which uh, doesn't seem like a good recipe, right there. I don't think so. I talked about it, but I think that's because I had like an English degree. I, I had like a like a, I had like a like a liberal liberal arts mind. So I would watch the little um, EKG reader, and I would be like, "Oh my God, that's the person's last heartbeat." Imagine it first started upon conception, and how many thousands of heartbeats they've had, and we just witnessed the last one. And they'd be like. Yeah. Oh, cool! You want some coffee? I'm like, you know, no. <laughs> that's how they handled it, though, right? Yeah, yeah. The people just they had to just like. Yeah, like I kind of saw the art in it, which is maybe not the way to handle it. So I don't know, hmm. but yeah, the art in a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, n- nursing is no joke, and people people give all the people started shitting on nurses because these TikTok vi- videos. Like, I agree, they're 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 silly, but these aren't the ones being made in like COVID units. These are different units that have time on their hands and. And they work shitty, shitty shifts. Like, just let them have five minutes to decompress and send it out. It's, it's, they're not, it's not like they're ignoring patients to get it done. It's, it's not that big of a deal, even though. Oh, people see like 
people being upbeat and having fun. Oh, it's a very TikTok video. It's a very far right thing to like. And they assume that that's yeah. They're like, oh, nurses are heroes. Or, then why do they have time to make these TikTok videos if they're so overwhelmed? What, 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 I don't understand the logic in that. It's just some right wing bullshit. Like also, if go, you go to an ED, go to an ICU. They're not doing that. They're they're busting their asses. They're wearing this. PPE that I can't even describe to you how hot it is and how uncomfortable and how shitty it is. It's a, uh, it's miserable. And now they're leaving and getting spit on and told they're making stuff up. It's just, it's very weird. It's bizarre. Strange times. Um, photography. You mm. uh, you were super into it for a long time. Yeah. And uh, do you feel like that's something that you don't have as much time for now, or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, photography since I was seventeen was like just. Oh God! It just brought so much inspiration, and uh, which, if you want to check out Dave's work, oh yeah, at uh, D C Walthall W A L T H A L L. Uh, that's on Instagram. Yes, you got to scroll past the baby, baby pictures to find the, but cool, the cool stuff. But enjoy them because they're cute kids. They're <laughs> they're, they're all right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, photography. Something I was just like, I was passionate about the cameras, the lenses, just everything. You know, um, something about digital photography and like the amount of content on Instagram and the amount of editing. And uh, I started doing some wedding photography just to pick up some extra bucks. And like, I didn't want to compete anymore. Cause I, I would take what used to be considered really good classic pictures, just like everything's right. But the bride wants like fireworks superimposed and her arms shrunk and like her arms. <laughs> I mean, in every picture it's like, fuck, I don't, I don't want to do that. So like, yeah, I, I feel a little bit lost. Like there's a lot of famous photographers I used to follow that were in National Geographic and like, you know, worked for Magnum Photos and they have like a really small amount of followers now because their pictures are simple. They're not like, they're not edited. They're just really great pictures showing other humans. And then you contrast it with like some kid with a fucking flare, you know, like waving it and it's been... <laughs> put in photoshop for whatever i I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know so yeah that's that's pushed me away and having the kids i mean anybody with kids knows that like it takes up so much of your time that at least the first couple of years i mean they're awesome and it's worth it but you don't have a lot of downtime to like get bored and and do photography that's for sure i i haven't um i'm hoping now that they're older or getting older and they're not like they're they're out of floppy baby syndrome you know they're, they're like moving around their head's a little bit more solid on top so you can yeah, like yeah you can throw them around the room a little bit more and they'll be fine drop them without the guilt <laughs> um they do fall a lot uh i'm i'm hoping for that photography comes back right now i'm like dead so dead set on like making investments and working hard you know making sure the kids and the getting wife that, have getting into that bitcoin I am going to throw a little Bitcoin, but Bitcoin plug. And yeah, I've been into Bitcoin <laughs> for like four years. I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's just where my money goes. I don't trust the government. I don't trust uh, what they're, what they're announcing. Inflation's going up to 4% now, which is not the real number. It's just, it's, it's sad. This country is built as to punish savers. All these people have saved money in your account. Well, it, your, your bucket's got a hole in it. So you got to find some other way to do it. Because um, inflation is greater at a greater rate than interest is what you're saying yeah yeah it's crazy and uh there's not a lot of alternatives i mean you could put money in the stock market which is an all-time high no thank you you could buy a houses which is still all-time high no thanks gold it's not my thing because i want to actually custody it and gold you know that makes you a target at home uh too otherwise you get like paper that says i owe you gold which is just as bad as like fiat currency i love bitcoin i love owning it um, I know it's a risk, but um, I love that it's mine. I love having custody over it. Um, I love the guys who who created. It. I love Bitcoin Twitter. So yeah, I'm, that's like my <laughs> that's that's my big thing these days. We'll, we'll we'll see. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't you, think you got so. a, you got a lot bet on it, don't you? Um, I'm I'm set. I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs> You're in. I'm all in. I love it. I don't take my 401k anymore. I have a uh, twenty dollars. Well, I invested twenty dollars USD in Bitcoin. There it might go. be like thirty now. That's a start. I got it. At the, yeah, I got it at the beginning of the pandemic when it dropped down for like a couple days, real low, and then or maybe it was like more like a month. It was like four thousand dollars, right? The Bitcoin. What is that, is that? What it went down to? Not not since the uh, winter. Okay, um, I got it. 
I got it cheaper. Yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have a fraction of a fraction uh, of a can, fraction. I think you buy it now and it's going to be real cheap compared to how it is in a few years. I mean, it, everyone's looking for ways to store their money that's not the dollar. The dollar is not going to be around forever, at least in the the way that the way that it is now. So, but I won't bore you with that. But that's what I do. <laughs> that's that's what I do with my money. Um, call me crazy. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, what else is there here? Any questions? Anything you can? Oh, uh, what are we gonna do on this bike trip? What are you looking forward to most? I'm really, really looking forward to getting out of the city. I've got cabin fever, just really bad. Um, uh, yes. My wife is more afraid of COVID than I am, so she's like, she wants to stay put. Um, oh, okay. And I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm around it every day. I, she would I go be. To, she'd be nervous, like camping and stuff. I, I think driving through places. I. Wow. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just quit fighting about it. So. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I, I'm in all the worst nursing homes in the city, and I I I wear pretty good PPE. I'm not. I would say I'm not like the most hardcore person, and I get tested twice a week, and so far so good. So, yeah, we're gonna go biking. Um, I just can't wait to do some fishing and just to get away from the city and get under the trees and yeah, man, just miss it. It and, sounds um, so nice right now. We haven't had a chance to really. Uh, bond for a long time, the two of us either. I know the uh, we did a biking trip two years ago together. We biked in the lower peninsula. Now we're going to the upper peninsula. We had other people in the way though. Now this is this is just us. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, Evan comes later, but yeah. Um, very excited to see uh, picture rocks. Yeah, yeah. Looks like it's gonna be super beautiful up there on Lake Superior. I'm not really gonna push you off. No, I want to see it too. We're gonna. I think we should get the map out and really just just use our bikes to hit up hit up all the hot spots. Yeah, baby. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, you're officially on vacation today. I am. It started. I got a week. Got a week off. Feels good. They gave us two extra weeks for a pan- pandemic pay uh, for work. So. Oh, this is your pandemic pay week. Part of it. Part of it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend. David Walthall. Thanks for having me. I'd love to come back. Dude, what a treat. What a treat. I didn't get to talk about watches or, you know, <sighs> so much stuff. <laughs> Bed bugs and houses. I've got a lot more to go. <laughs> God. Japan, right. Japanese jail, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little teaser for next time Dave comes back. He was in Japanese jail. Met a lot of Yakuza. And, uh, yeah, I can tell you things, <laughs> things, things not to do while traveling in Japan. Thank you, Dave. I thank you, man, for this opportunity. This is gonna be a delight. Delight, delight uh, hanging out this weekend. All right, everybody, toodle. Come on, dance.